This is Generation Justice. I'm Jakia Fuller. Generation Justice is a multimedia movement that trains youth to harness the power of media for social change. And I'm Aaron Hagler. For the past four years, Melissa Harris has been a major part of all things Generation Justice. As the operations coordinator, she has helped shape and build GJ. Tonight, we'll bid Melissa a fond farewell as she says goodbye to Generation Justice. As sad as we are to see Melissa go, we're also really excited to welcome our new operations coordinator, Jennifer Lim. Tonight, we'll get to know a bit more about her. And later in the program, Curtis Flakes of Public Allies New Mexico joins us for a new segment dedicated to learning more about the amazing community organizations like Public Allies that call New Mexico home. Since we're saying hello to Jennifer and goodbye to Melissa tonight, let's let the Beatles do the talking with their song, Hello Goodbye. You say- Melissa Harris was born and raised right here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and graduated from Northern Arizona University. Since graduating, Melissa has dedicated her career to youth and community. At Generation Justice, Melissa also found a love for radio and became a top-notch producer. Melissa also brings her gold personality and Virgo skills, including a love of color-coding everything to the Generation Justice family. She loves books, movies, music, and is a pop culture aficionado. A fun fact about her is that at age 11, she won Most Improved Horseback Rider. She has been integral to building GJ over the past four years. Here she is now with Roberta Rael, reflecting on her time at Generation Justice. Tell us the story of when you came in for your interview. I was still working at my previous job. and It was an AmeriCorps position, so I applied and it was a really fast turnaround. So I was rushing from work and I was early because I was like, I have no idea how to get around UNM campus. Like, this is brand new to me. And so I came into the office. I actually met Kamaria and you. So you were the first two people. And we ended up just talking for, it must have been over an hour. You know, and anybody who's been around Generation Justice, we have in-depth questions. So it's kind of, it's more than just a job interview. It's like, who are you interview? So it's definitely nerve-wracking. But I think it was really interesting because we definitely clicked. So there was something about it that just seemed right. And then I was hired on the spot. I immediately almost accepted. And my term with my previous employer didn't end until two more weeks. And then I was coming on to start a new term. So I pretty much ended my first year as a AmeriCorps and then started immediately with Generation Justice. And that was four years, four months ago. And I haven't stopped since. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And for the record, I rarely hire somebody on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) Melissa, as you are getting ready to leave Generation Justice, after this much time, and it's been more than time that you've given, it's been heart and soul and dedication. As you look back on this time, what are some of the things that you've learned about yourself? I think there's some things that I've always known about myself that have just been exemplified here at Generation Justice, Mm -hmm. which I think is a common theme 
for anyone who's here is that you have these qualities that maybe have been stifled or not expressed as much as one might hope, but then are really kind of brought out or you learn to embrace them. I think anyone who really knows me knows I am a bossy person. (laughs) I have been bossy my entire life. I mean, that's just part of who I am is that I'm bossy. And so working here kind of brought out a leadership in me mm-hmm. that I had always been more scared of it than anything. And I think through working with Generation Justice, I kind of, you know, developed my leadership as an individual and kind of taking that negative connotation that's often portrayed with women who are bossy and just kind of taking ownership of it and being like, that's fine. It's who I am. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that definitely has grown inside me through Generation Justice. Mm-hmm. And I would say that that particular piece of who you are that you've just shared about being bossy, probably um, from my perspective, was encouraged. Mm -hmm. And just so that you know, there's been times that I say to myself, Melissa's my boss. (laughs) (laughs) I have this picture. It's actually just in the past couple months, I framed it. And it kind of went to who I am just at my core. And it's me, I'm five, and I'm with um, probably like seven other girls. And I'm at the lead, and we're performing a dance to the Nutcracker. I was not a dancer, but I organized us all to get together after school one day and to go over to somebody's house in order to perform this. And if you look at the picture, I'm looking back checking on everyone. And I just felt like that was such this, that's who I am. Mm -hmm. I may not know what I'm doing, but I'm going to organize it and I'm going to lead it Mm -hmm. and I'm going to get it done. (laughs) And you're going to make sure everybody is doing. Everyone's doing what they need to do. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's really who you've been here. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you've learned about yourself? When I joined Generation Justice, I did not join to do radio. That has been a huge thing where I actually feel like I could legitimately go to other places and produce a radio show and be perfectly capable of doing it, which Mm -hmm. is a very big skill. Absolutely. Um, You know, have the technical knowledge where I could get around Adobe Audition and I can record something in a studio. So I think those are just these amazing technical skills that I've really learned Mm -hmm. um, that I'll definitely take, you know, take away because there's no other place that really as a career or as a job, you can really learn radio without being specifically in a radio profession. Mm -hmm. What do you think you're going to miss? It's easy. I'm going to miss the people. You know, when I first started, it was just the two of us working full-time and Comrie and George is part-time. And to now see it grown, there's so many full-time, three-quarter-time, part-time people that are just great to work with in a really fun and loving and supportive environment. So I am going to miss all the people I work with, you know, all of our youth who are just such an important part of it. And then our community members who come in and do the radio shows and we're connected with. It's an easy question to answer because I already know that that's what I'm going to miss the most. Mm-hmm. You've really been a part of growing Generation Justice. So I really just want to acknowledge that, that you have absolutely been part of growing Generation Justice to what it is today. You haven't really been in the background. You've actually been in the forefront leading and strategizing and thinking really well about what is best for this project. 
it absolutely carries part of your spirit. Thank you. It's, you know, it's hard to kind of see that aspect. And I think that, you know, there's so many people throughout the years and everyone kind of has their, their peace. And I am, I think, and I hope from what I've, at least I've seen is that everyone leaves something to Generation Justice. And so I'm happy that I've made a contribution that hopefully in the future, wherever Generation Justice goes, which is the exciting thing, is that to be able to in the future to come back and look back and say like, oh, yeah, you know, I was a part of that, you know, so and so years ago. And people will be like, oh, you work there? Like, (laughs) you know, it'll be a great thing. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what the future holds for Generation Justice and what you know, legacies everyone leaves, because I think everyone who's ever been here, young person, advisor, community member, everyone who's put their heart into Generation Justice, leaves something to help build it. So I think that's, it's something that's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. You've been a central part of it. That is something that I hope that you take with you, Melissa, that you really own that, that you know that. It wasn't just a place that you worked at sometime in your life, that this is a project that you've helped to develop and grow. Yeah. I don't think I can look back and think of this as just a place I worked. (laughs) (laughs) Too much time and and energy was spent here. It'll always be more than that. And you're um, not completely leaving Generation Justice. You're taking on actually a different role. And Mm -hmm. so I think I'd like you to just share with me why is it that you want to step into this advisor's role? At first, I was a little hesitant, which I think is just part of who I am. You know, everyone has those self-conscious of like, what, I can do this? Like, I'm I'm good enough for this. But then it kind of came to the point where I was like, you know, I know this project so well. I still care about the project. Me leaving isn't me severing ties. I'm not leaving out of a malicious sense or anything bad happening. It's more of just me deciding that it was my time and, you know, having the support to decide that. And so by staying on as an advisor, it still keeps that love of Generation Justice, what it means to me, what it means to so many other people alive. And so I think that just sharing my knowledge and sharing just that feeling that I have towards Generation Justice, you know, I can stay on it as an advisor. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I'm so glad that you are staying um, on, and I'm just so glad that you have decided to continue to stay connected. And I want you to kind of think a little while, and I want you to think about some of the people who have passed through here or are still part of Generation Justice, some of the young people that you've really connected with, that you've supported, that you've loved supporting, the people that you've seen grow and change and develop, and and... I'd like to give you this opportunity to give a message to them. You know, we've had so many incredible young people who've stayed for various amount of times, whether it's a couple months to years, and it's really remarkable. And and so I think, you know, I try and share to everyone that, you know, I'm not going anywhere. You know, I'm still here, and I just wish that everyone who's ever been to Generation Justice knows that this is still a home to them. I think it's just kind of that sense of, you know, I just wish the best for all of them, you know, and whatever that means, whatever that means to them, that they're just happy and feel fulfilled in their lives. 
in whatever sense that is. Is there anything else that you'd like to say? You know, I want to thank you, Roberta, for giving me this opportunity to join Generation Justice. I mean, just thank you for being there for the past four years, four months, and just all the support and love that you've showed to everyone who's ever come through the doors and um, guidance that you've given me and support have just meant the world. So thank you. You're welcome, and thank you. And yeah, I feel the same way. We made quite a team. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Thank you, Melissa, for always being there with a smile and exuding passion for this work. Like I'd say in Spanish, gracias por traer la buena onda y espero que todo te vaya bien. Melissa, I want you to know that I appreciate you and all the hard work that you've done for Generation Justice. I am very grateful that I had the opportunity to call you friend and to be able to work with you here at Generation Justice. You've always been there for us, and to commemorate that, here's Cindy Lauper with Time After Time. You're listening to Generation Justice. Tonight, we're celebrating GJ Transitions. Now, let's welcome our new operations coordinator, Jennifer Lim. Jennifer is from New Jersey, born and raised, and brings over 10 years of nonprofit experience to GJ. She made her way here to Albuquerque in late 2015. Some fun facts about Jennifer are that she has taken solo trips to Japan, has driven over 10,000 miles around the Southwest and Western United States. Here's George Luna Pena with Jennifer Lim. My name is George Luna Pena. I'm the Special Projects Coordinator at Generation Justice, and I'm happy to welcome Jennifer Lim, the newest member of our team. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Jennifer, tell me a little bit about yourself. I'm from New Jersey. I grew up in a small town outside Giant Stadium, a small suburb right outside New York City. I went to college in Delaware. It's a drive-through state for most people on the East Coast. I graduated, and I moved back home, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I looked into volunteering, and I began volunteering at a homeless shelter in Brooklyn, providing GED tutoring to the formerly homeless and formerly incarcerated. And I ended up sort of working with that population for give or take the next 10 years. And I'd also just moved here and was looking for a new job. Great. And what what brought you out to New Mexico, of all places? Um, I had a friend who lived in Albuquerque, and she and I have been friends for a really long time, but we've never lived in the same city. And I came to visit her one summer, I think maybe the summer of 2014, and I just sort of fell in love with everything here, the mountains, the space, the people, and I visited off and on for about a year. And when my lease ended in Jersey City, I decided to make the big move to Albuquerque. Awesome. Well, we're happy to have you for sure. Thanks. What, um... So what's your role here at Generation Justice? My role is operations coordinator, and I guess I think of that position as sort of the jack of all trades, but I like to think of it as you're the person that kind of keeps things in line behind the scenes. You're the person that people go to to help get things done. I think that sounds pretty accurate. (laughs) Um, And so what is it about Generation Justice that attracted you to apply in the first place? 
I knew that I wanted to go back into nonprofit. So after I had stopped working in homeless services for a minute, I worked temporarily at a hedge fund in New York, and I knew that wasn't for me. So when I started looking for a new job again, I knew that I wanted to go back to nonprofit. And I'd never really worked with youth before, and I thought that the work that the team does here with the people that they work with was pretty incredible, and I wanted to be a part of that. When, so you've been with us for a couple of weeks now. What's what's your impression so far? I'm really impressed by the skill set that the young people have, the work commitment that our fellows have, the things that they care about. I don't necessarily know that when I was 14 or 15, I was able to articulate the things that they can articulate, and I don't think I was emotionally ready to do certain things like be live on the radio. Um, so I think that they have skills that they don't even know about, which is kind of incredible to see. Yeah, it's one of my favorite parts of working at Generation Justice, working with all the all the young people and the youth. It's it's awesome every day. So, Jennifer, let's talk a little bit about stuff that you like to do outside of work. What do you do in your spare time? I like to bake a lot. Um, I'm not super into sweets, but I really enjoy baking cakes. So I'll probably bring a lot of treats into the office for the people I work with. I do enjoy reading, but I have to sort of be in the zone to read. And I really like going to the movies, so I try and see a movie every week, um, usually early morning on a Saturday or Sunday with the old people and little babies. <laughs> and I like to stay in on Friday and Saturday nights. I also heard you like hot dogs. You're like a connoisseur <laughs> of hot dogs. Um, I really like hot dogs because I feel like they can either be a meal or a snack depending on the toppings, and that says a lot about the food itself. It can either just be a snack or be a meal. Cool. And so do you miss like Coney Island then? Um, I do miss Coney Island. Um, when I think about the things that I miss on the East Coast, obviously I miss my family and my friends, but there's part of my relationship with them that I carry them with me, so the missing them isn't too bad. It's the things like East Coast Chinese food, Coney Island, Nathan's Hot Dogs, things like that. But I do miss Coney Island. I miss the ocean a little bit. But you've been in New Mexico now a couple of months. Um, what, what's one thing that stood out to you about New Mexico that you really love? The people here. It's it's the pride that people have from being from here. That is not something you get anywhere else. The pride here is very real, and it's just really cool to see and be a part of um, because it means something completely different. So if you go to New Jersey or New York, yeah, people love being from there, but it's not the same thing. So it's very unique to here, to New Mexico. Okay. So Jennifer, what, what are your uh, sort of like long-term personal and professional goals? My long-term personal and professional goals are just to kind of be happy with the decisions I make, and that's kind of always changing and fluid. Um, it's just to try and make the best choices for myself. Jennifer, one thing that we believe here at Generation Justice is that we, that we stand on the shoulders of giants, and so I want to ask you, who are the giants whose shoulders you stand on? I stand on the shoulders of my mother. As I get older, I realize she had a lot less choices than I have, and she has always been completely supportive of whatever decisions I wanted to make, whether it was to work a nonprofit or to end a relationship or to do anything I wanted. There was never a set expectation that I was supposed to have, especially as a woman of color at a certain age. She kind of just supported me with whatever decisions I wanted to make, and that has really shaped who I've become. Another person that I consider a giant whose shoulders I stood on, um, her name is Dr. Erica Coleman. She was my English professor my, my freshman semester 
at the University of Delaware, and it was just very, uh, it was just a basic English, like introductory English class, and she just started introducing me to work that I didn't know was standard reading, and it just changed my perspective, and she was always so open to, to meeting with me outside the office. We'd meet for lunch, and I guess she also helped me realize that you could create and have a relationship with an adult, a mentor, that I don't think that I thought of when I was in high school or, you know, as a younger student. She treated me as an equal, and she she made me ask questions that I wasn't necessarily ready to answer, and she just really helped push me, which was really important for me at the time. That's beautiful. Thank you. Let's talk about Delaware a little bit. You went to the University of Delaware and studied um, sociology and women's studies. Why did you decide to go that route? Um, I went to school as an English major because I just really liked reading and then realized I didn't want to study certain kinds of literature. So I undeclared myself, I think, within the first semester of college. And then I took um, an advanced English class my second semester, and then I took an intro to sociology course. And there was something about sociology that just made sense to me. It kind of helped make everything I've ever thought or felt about society and race and and gender sort of fall into one place for me and then I just sort of decided that that's where I want to focus my studies. Cool. I mean I think that that's a that particular like academic background is going to come really handy here at Generation Justice specifically but how do you think your background has shaped your your interest in working with social justice? There are certain things as a woman of color so I'm Korean American um, growing up in a predominantly white suburb that there were things I wasn't able to vocalize or understand without the kind of framework that I got in college through the things that I studied, the the professors that I worked with. Um, so once that sort of shaped up for me, I kind of realized that the things that I felt growing up were validated and made sense. And I guess the concept of social justice to me is the validation that your experience matters, that just because it's not the majority or the mainstream doesn't mean it's any less than or not important. And so it's important for me that those voices and those experiences are heard so that people who grow up feeling that their stories don't matter realize that they do matter and that changes everything for them. I really appreciate you sharing that because I think that's essentially what we do at Generation Justice is, is validate the experiences of, of people who often hear that their experiences don't matter. So thanks, Jennifer. Jennifer, is there anything else that you'd like to add? I'm really excited to to get to know the team more at Generation Justice. I've met a handful of the youth. I'm looking forward to meeting more of them, getting to work close, more closely with them, um, getting to know the team at Generation Justice, and also just acclimating myself a little bit more with Albuquerque and New Mexico. Um, I don't claim New Mexico is home, obviously. Like, I'm still from New Jersey, but I feel that I've been fairly welcomed here, and I know that that feeling is only going to continue. So I am looking forward to kind of just settling more into the groove here all around. Awesome. Well, we're definitely really excited to have you. We're happy that you're part of the team. And um, I'm personally looking forward to working closely with you as well. So thank you. Jennifer, I'm happy to formally welcome you to our organization here on the radio. And I'm really excited to see how your big city experience can help us make a change in our community. Jennifer, I would love to welcome you to our GJ fam. I'm very excited to be working with you. And thank you for sharing your story with us. P.S. At Generation Justice, we just don't welcome you, but also your baked goods. P.S.S. Here's the Fujis with Fujila. 
This week, we debut our newest segment, where we dedicate time to hearing about the amazing community organizations in New Mexico. This week, we're happy to welcome Curtis Flakes, who will be talking with us about the mission and work of Public Allies New Mexico. Curtis oversees Public Allies New Mexico, an AmeriCorps project and statewide initiative of the Forum for Youth and Community. Public Allies identifies talented individuals from diverse and underrepresented backgrounds who have a passion to make a difference in their communities. Under his leadership, the Public Allies program has skyrocketed to the top of its class ranking. And what a better time to highlight Public Allies since this past week was AmeriCorps Week nationally. Now, here is Brennan Olivier with Curtis Flakes. Good evening. I'm Brennan Olivier, and I am joined by Curtis Flakes, the Director of Public Allies New Mexico. Thank you for being with us tonight, Curtis. And thank you guys for having me. It's truly an honor. So, Curtis, can you tell us what Public Allies New Mexico does? Yeah, so uh, Public Allies New Mexico, we are a 10-month leadership development program. Uh, we're one of AmeriCorps' many programs, and we're centralized here in, in Albuquerque, but run our program throughout the state. Uh, we were established in 1992 by two, two women, Vanessa Kirch and Katrina Brown, who, who mobilized a, a diverse network of young leaders and experienced mentors to create Public Allies in Washington, D.C. This group was, was created. Uh, addressing the myth that young people were uncaring and, and apathetic. So uh, they mobilized this, this group and uh, they began to do great work. And here we are several years later uh, in 23 cities across the U.S. Can you explain a little bit more about what AmeriCorps is? AmeriCorps is one of uh, the Corporation of National Community Service Initiatives. And so depending on where, you, where you're at and what part of the country you're in, they have different programs, right? We have a service corps as well as a service corps for veterans. We're a little bit different from most traditional AmeriCorps program, but in a, in a nutshell, it's uh, similar to like a Peace Corps, right, where instead of having people who travel out of the country to do service work, we do service work here in, in the United States. What certain group are you looking to serve? We try to identify young emerging leaders. So anyone between the ages of 17 and, and 24 is the idea for our particular program to uh, provide those leadership development skills for those individuals. What is the most important thing that Public Allies has taught you? Public Allies has taught me a lot. A quote that I tend to live my life by and I go by is a quote that says, the measure of one shouldn't be what it, what he has done for himself, but what he has done for others. That's kind of how I, I model my life, and I, I learned this through the Public Allies program and the gift that we have of giving others. And so I learned hundreds of things with Public Allies, but that was one of those things that just sticks out. What do you want your community to know about Public Allies? I just want them to know, you know, Public Allies is definitely a great program that we're always looking for, for new talent to come in. Um, anybody, like I said, is eligible to participate in the program. Um, I, I mean, I, with our new direction, it's definitely a great time to be a part of Public Allies. We have a, a new CEO who came in, Adrian Wilson, and uh, he's redefined 
our program and, and what we're doing out there in the community. Uh, we we have a new mission statement with uh, to create a just and equitable society and the diverse leadership to sustain it. Like I said, we're looking for those diverse leaders out there in the community to come into our program and be a part and give back to New Mexico communities. Can you tell us where folks can learn more about Public Allies? Public Allies, you can visit us at www publicallies.org and there's um, tons of information going over the history of Public Allies as well as our, our different sites across the country that we have. It's definitely a, a good site to look at and you can check it out and hear about us and you also can learn to apply. Is it a hard process to apply? No, no, no. It's, it's uh, online. You know, everything is, is virtual now. So making sure that we're accessible to the community. There's also a handheld packet that people can use to apply. But it's pretty much you go to uh, apply.publicallies.org and uh, select uh, become a member, become an ally. And then you fill out the application. Someone from our office will contact you, bring you in for an interview. If things go accordingly, we'll try to get you matched up to a local nonprofit organization here in New Mexico. What are the dates when the Public Allies applications are open? Yeah, so we'll, we'll open our application up in uh, mid-April, and we're running from April all the way to June. And then at that time, we'll close the application process, and we will do our pre-screening, going through uh, resumes, calling people, and then we'll set up interviews. We'll have interviews come in, and we, we hope to have everyone in the 19 slots that we get, we're hoping to have those filled uh, by uh, August and launch the program September 1 is when we start our program. And our program runs from September 1 until June 30th is the 10 month. Is there anything else you would like to add? Just that you guys are doing a, a fantastic job here at Generation Justice. We appreciate what you guys are, are doing uh, in the community, spreading the, the great word about the work that's being done here in our great state of New Mexico. Thank you for doing the work that you do. Uh, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for talking to us, Curtis. It's inspiring to know that there are people like you so passionate about bringing out the leaders and trying to change our community for the better. Thank you, Curtis, for sharing the history and information of Public Allies. It is amazing that you learned about giving back and serving your community from being in the program. I hope that Public Allies will continue to produce amazing, diverse leaders. Here's Battle Cry by Angel Hayes. We're back, and we're ready to share a calendar of events that are coming up in our community. To start off, Contra Santolina is hosting a fundraiser this Friday, Frito Pie Friday. Contra Santolina is a coalition of organizations, leaders, and community members advocating against the Santolina Master Plan. This fundraiser lunch will help spread awareness on Santolina, the legal proceedings, and raise money to pay for attorney fees for the lawsuits by the South Valley Coalition and others. Not just savory Frito pies, but baked goods will also be available. You can check it out March 18th from noon to 2 p.m. at the Southwest Organizing Project's office at 211 10th Street Southwest. For more information, contact SWAP at 505-247-8832. 
And if you're a young person looking for more ways to protect the environment, we have just the opportunity for you. The Talking Talents Youth Leadership Organization is looking for motivated high school and college-aged members for the Youth Advisory Council. Members have the opportunity to provide input for government agencies and programs regarding the environment, including the Cibola National Forest. They also provide mentorships, networking, and job opportunities. The next meeting will even feature Jennifer Owen White from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. So make sure to check out their next Youth Advisory Council meeting this Saturday, March 19th at 10 o'clock a.m. to noon. They will be meeting at the Bikeki Open Space. If you'd like to learn more about the Talking Talent Youth Leadership nonprofit, you can contact Betsy Fulrider at 505-289-7406. And if you're busy this Saturday, we have an event for you next Sunday as well. The North Forth Art Center Theater will be hosting a very special multimedia collaborative from 2 to 6 p.m. The artistic showcase is called In Reverence of the Sacred Mothership and is intended to capture the essence of the woman as not only a mother and the leader of her people, but also as a vessel of free thought and expression. Indigenous women have always been pressured to fit the mold of a dominant non-Indigenous culture, and this collaborative will be breaking those boundaries through live art, spoken word, film, and audio. There will even be a live art auction. You won't want to miss it. And this event is not just limited to the female sex. Again, this gender-neutral celebratory event will be March 20th from 2 to 6 p.m. Our next event is coming up in just 10 days, and it's a night of Generation Justice. This will be a town hall type of event to discuss the behavioral health crisis in New Mexico. That's right. We'll be showcasing work from the hashtag NMSpeaksCrisis campaign, have a panel of invited policymakers and community leaders, as well as share stories of those most affected by the behavioral health crisis. It's happening Wednesday, March 23rd at the Chemo Theater from 7 o'clock p.m. to 9 o'clock p.m. For more information, contact our operations coordinator, Jennifer Lim, at 505-277-1831. Or to join in on the conversation on social media, see our hashtag, NMSpeaksCrisis. Our next event coming up is a historic one. It's time for the 23rd annual Cesar Chavez Day celebration. It's coming up Saturday, March 26th. The march will begin at 10.30 a.m. and end at noon at the National Hispanic Cultural Center. Following the march, the fiestas will begin. There's a little something for everybody. Poetry, dancing, community awards, exhibit, children's activities, and food. There will also be a keynote speech by Carlos Marentes, founder of the Sin Fronteras Organizing Project and executive director of the Border Agricultural Works Center in El Paso. And of course, the vibrant and edgy music of Las Cafeteras, telling the stories of everyday people who are looking for love and fighting for justice. If you have any questions about the Cesar Chavez Day celebration, contact the National Hispanic Cultural Center at 505-246-2261. And that's all for this week's edition of Community Calendar. Let's get back to the music. This song was number one on our dear Melissa Harris's first day at GJ. Let's listen to We Found Love by Rihanna. We have reached the end of tonight's program. Thank you all for joining us this evening. We'd like to thank Melissa Harris for her wonderful and continued dedication to Generation Justice. And a huge welcome to Jennifer Lim. We all look forward to working with you. 
I'd also like to send another big thank you to Curtis Flakes for talking with us about Public Allies New Mexico. We'd also like to thank Kamaria Umi for engineering this evening's show. Production assistance came from Tamara Kalake, Kateri Zuni, George Pena, Christina Rodriguez, Polly Dineclaw, Jennifer Lim, and Roberta Rael. And last, but certainly not least, much appreciation to all of our youth members here at Generation Justice. We couldn't do what we do without you. Stay connected with us. Check out our website, generationjustice.org, where you can listen to all of our past radio programs, see music playlists, read our blogs, watch videos, and so much more. Our podcasts are available on iTunes, so please be sure to subscribe. And guess what? We're also active on social media, so please like us on Facebook and follow our Twitter and Instagram. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, with additional funding from the McCune Foundation, Call Elma Health Foundation, and of course, all of you, who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking donate. I'm Jakia Fuller. And I'm Aaron Hagler. Coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word, so stay tuned. And we'll see you next Sunday at 7 o'clock. Now here's some more music, starting off with Hey Ya from Obadiah Parker. So around because she loves me so and this I know for sure. 